Today's TribCast is presented by Smoke-Free Texas. Thank you to everyone who helped ensure 51 Texas cities have smoke-free ordinances that cover all workplaces. Find out if your city is covered at smokefreetexas.org. Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, oh, gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking, tell me who can you trust when Texas gods are This is Austin City Councilwoman Ellen Troxclair. I'm uber mad that I can't get a lift, but while you're stuck in traffic or waiting for a ride, I hope you'll enjoy this week's TribCast. Now here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the TribCast for the second to last week of June. I'm joined by CEO Evan Smith, who's never taken a, a lift in his life, probably. I don't like that mustache thing. I do. I have taken Ubers, though. That's true. You take Ubers all the time. I'm only going to re- respond to Freddie Patek. If you call me Freddie Patek today, then I'll, I'll Evan, answer. Otherwise, no, if we don't call you Freddie Patek, you're going to be quiet? Uh, uh, rep- probably not. It's like reporter, a safe word for Reporter everybody. Edgar Walters. Hey there. Do you know who Freddie Pacek or whatever I is? I don't Pacek. understand anything. Oh, no, Freddie Pacek. Right that's different. <laughs> Edgar, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Speak up. <laughs> I said I have no idea what's going on right now. And executive editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. Oh, we can only have references to semi-professional volleyball players today. Nothing else. Edgar is a semi-professional volleyball player. <laughs> I think we're done here. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. No. Um, we'll kick off with uh, this week's news about Julian Castro. Uh, the AP reported that he's at least one of three uh, individuals being vetted to possibly be Hillary Clinton's Veep. Correct. Right. The others right. are? Are Tim Kaine, Senator from Virginia. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Shy, no retiring, chance. no opinions. Oh, I don't agree she has no chance. No chance. I, have, I do not Absolutely agree she has no, no chance. I don't think she has I a chance agree. either. Zero. The Democratic Less primary zero. is over. Right. I mean, she doesn't need people on the left anymore. Is also, that, right. I feel like this is a terrible thing to say, but I feel like two women on the ticket is alienating to a lot of those. Um, really? So know. all those years of having two men on a ticket, that was OK? Well, the problem is there are too many men who don't like two women on a ticket. Elizabeth Warren will spend the next four months kicking Donald J. Trump squarely in his balls. Whether she's the, on the, the ticket or not. From the Democrats' right. perspective, well, she could be the keynote. It's not a game. Yeah, she could she be can, the keynote at the right. convention. It's not a game. She can easily do that off the ticket. She's right. not attitude. Yeah, ball kicking is not a requirement uh, only when you're on the ticket. No. Exit. So you don't have to run to the left first. Elizabeth Warren is... For all the things that she is, she is not a number two. She's not a you know, she's not gonna sit in the second chair. I just don't think she, she'll she do also is from a state that. with a Republican governor and but there's a special election. But there's still a point in time in which she's going to be replaced by a Republican. Yeah, but briefly. The problem no, I, I, a piece on is that. the you. problem is all is blue collar white men. Right. I mean, uh, and the blue collar white men who <laughs> right because they love Hillary, but when Warren's on the ticket, well, then that's a bridge no, too no, far. No, no, no. I mean, they may not love Trump, but suddenly when they're faced with two women on a ticket, they may be like. I, I'm more interested in this right. idea. I'm, Trump. I'm yeah. more interested in this idea of whether Wall Street saying yesterday essentially to Hillary Clinton, "Oh no, you didn't." about the prospect of Elizabeth Warren on the ticket really matters. You know, can Wall Street dictate the answer here? In some ways, what they've done is made it more likely rather than less likely that she's going to say, talk to the hand. She just doesn't need to run left. I mean, there's no reason to run left. Sure, she, a bu- Bernie bros. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, Bernie bros they're not, not going to vote, vote, they're for, not gonna vote for Trump. You know, I, Ross and I could just, you know, we yeah, just right. need one we'll just of us today. we sit over here today. and defend our ends of the table, right? <laughs> Edgar. You yeah. got Edgar. He can't even talk. Edgar, help me. Uh, well, I actually wanted to talk about Castro, not right. about Warren, because, you know, the Texas, speaking of Texas bros. Uh, so does he have a Elizabeth shot? Elizabeth Warren taught at University of Houston. We claim her. Believe right. you me, if she's on the ticket, Svitek is going all Warren on us. 
right? I, I think he does have a chance. I'm just going to ignore Mr. Patek over here. Right. Um, <laughs> I, 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 think Castro, I think Castro does have a chance. He's, uh, you know, if you're going after the Bernie bros and you don't want to go left, you go young and get, you know, somebody the millennials like. You can go with a young candidate. He's, uh, you put an Hispanic on the ticket. You answer a bunch of questions. You, it's not uh, like he's Harry Styles, though. Let's be honest. But you, but I mean, you, he's young, but he's an old person's idea of a young person but you, like Al Gore. But you put into play some of the states that you know might um, be on the bubble, Arizona being the first one of these. Um, New Mexico and Colorado look like they might probably be in the bag for Democrats. But As, Along with Nevada. Having an Hispanic right. on the ticket isn't going to hurt there. It's going to help. And, you know, the, the rap on him is that he's a you know, callow youth. I mean, we're back to sort of the Dan Quayle question. Um, you know, are you putting somebody on the ticket who's not ready to carry the briefcase around? Right. I mean, that's so that's, that's the big question. Is Julian Castro experienced enough to be vice president? Right. I, I mean, know, Sarah Palin, I, I was in, you know, Sarah Palin was was on someone's ticket. So then yeah, she didn't win. Whose point are you proving? <laughs> How'd that go? Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, ha, ha, look, he, he was he Just was mayor. San Antonio is bigger than mayor <laughs> for four years of the seventh largest city. Maybe it was the seventh at the time, but mm-hmm. it is now soon to be sixth. Largest city in the country, but he what is but what does the mayor of San Antonio actually do? Right, the mayor of San Antonio Good is question. the mayor of the seventh or sixth largest city. Ask right. the city manager what's going on at City Hall. Right, I mean it's not San. Wait, San Antonio Man, is or isn't strong mayor? You guys are hating on Castro. Well, well, I'm just mayor. saying this is the weak hashtag hating on Castro. I mean, I covered Dallas City Hall for years, which was not a strong mayor. And let me tell you, who had all the power and made all the decisions? The city manager. Right, right, right. I think you have to look to Castro's experience. Not through the. I'm not promoting or defending him, but I think you have to be fair in stepping back and saying, what exactly does it mean to be prepared? Do you have to be somebody who has everything that would be required of the president? If that's the case, then then the the list of people who is a potential vice president narrows dramatically, right? And organically. Well, Obama didn't right? have a lot. I mean, by look, by Elizabeth Warren is not qualified by that standard. Cory Booker is not qualified right. by that standard. Tim Kaine is on armed services or foreign affairs or maybe both. He's been a governor and a senator. He's got those f- strong, forceful, confidence-inspiring eyebrows. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> he's I, a former mayor. He's you know, he's I mean, mayor he's, Richmond, he's right? Castro plus, right? Um, but but honestly, is that going to be the? Are we are we judging? Is this are we really judging it? people by that? Is it really only going to be these three? I, I, no, yeah, I don't well, think I, it, I don't think it is only these three. No, and, I don't think it's these three even remotely. And I I just want to say also I was at the Democratic convention. On Friday, you looked really and, happy there. I, <laughs> I think you got roped into it at the um, last minute. And Julian Castro, to his credit, is already dodging questions like a, a potential like vice a president. <laughs> Didn't he flat out he say? Apparently, the vetting question. He flat out said he wasn't being vetted. He he was asked this question probably Politifact, a total of nine please. times. Yeah. Whose pants are burning? <laughs> mostly, pants? mostly by TV reporters who were actually following him out into the hall, and they just said. Are you being vetted? Have you been vetted? Are you being vetted? And he consistently said, no, no, I'm not going to talk about this. And, and oh, no, wait, said, no, I'm not going to talk about this or no, I'm not being vetted. He give, said, no, I'm not being vetted. Give these guys a break. No, they can't he said, say no. they're you being have to vetted. Tell, no. They can say no comment. But they can't say no. I'm not being vetted. I don't if know. They're being ask vetted. The, I don't know. Ask Hillary. I don't know I where. Mean, I don't you know. know where in the process this was that. You know, did he lie or didn't he lie? I don't know. I mean, but I'm, I'm like, ugh, of all the things that we're going to get up the behinds of people in office for this. I, I mean, I, I, I heard Xavier it. Becerra this morning today, the congressman from California, also essentially give a version of that. I have no knowledge that I'm being vetted. So I she's have only no considering knowledge. She didn't say I have no knowledge. Yeah. He explicitly said I am not being vetted. And then he even went on to speculate and said, did he say and in fact, time? I don't. No, finish this. What's his name? And then finish. he even said, and I don't even think I'm going to be 
the pick. He was sort of right. self-demeaning, I guess. I mean, I think the big question is one that one of our Facebook commenters, Scott Medhurst Bray, asks, and that is, does Clinton really need help carrying the Hispanic vote? And I think that actually may be the strike against Julian Castro, which is that, you know, it's not like Hispanics are going to come out and vote for Trump. So what's, does she need a Hispanic male on the ticket? What's she? What's the ticket lack? What has she got to answer? What's the question? A white the man, if I you're, think. If you're, you know, if you're Obama, you're looking around, you need some... Senate experience and a Washington insider, you get Biden. If you're Bill Clinton and all you've been is, you know, or, or George Bush and all you've been is governor of a state, you need somebody who's a Washington insider. So you get a Gore or a Cheney. What's the what's the hole in the Clinton thing? I think she, you know, goes toward the Republicans. I you know, think it's going to be a moderate and, you know, somebody maybe in the Robert Gates mold. Why, why do you th- I think Robert Gates would be interesting. And some have said that if it was Clinton Gates or, you know, Mike <clears throat> Mullen has also apparently right. been considered that if she picks some kind of a national security. Right. Because Trump has basically shit the bed. It's assumed by the Democrats on on being term of art. Sta- right. being, yeah. It is just a, a science. Term, right. Term, yeah, right. Is, is sta- stability and, you know, kind of judgment and steady hand on the foreign policy apparatus, finger on the button. Right. That you pick somebody who is like qualified times 10 times 10 from a foreign policy standpoint. But I actually would say the opposite is the case. I think she has the foreign policy stuff. Argue with it or don't. If, if people are not going to vote for her because of Benghazi, legitimate or not, Robert Gates on the ticket or Mike Mullen on the ticket is not going to mitigate. Right. I think what she needs is more of a common touch out in flyover country. She's an elite. She's more of a Washington creature. Example. Who's your candidate? Well, you could argue before he went into HUD that Castro is a young guy, sleeves rolled up, mayor of one of the largest cities, San Antonio. I would make the argument right now that San Antonio is the most important city in America because San Antonio, which is a plus 60 percent Hispanic city where all the big problems of the modern world are being visited upon the citizens, is in some respects modeling how the rest of Texas will go over the next five to ten years, and Texas is modeling how the rest of the country will go over the next 25 years. San Antonio is the leading indicator of the leading indicator. If you've been the mayor of the city where it's so important that you get it right because the rest of the country is going to be like you in the next half generation, I actually think there's an argument to be made. He's dealing with poverty, education, health care, mobility, all those kinds of things. Now, I can't and he can't do anything and you can't do anything about the fact that it's a council manager form of government and that the mayor of San Antonio is not largely a powerful figure. But Rick Perry was also the governor of a weak governor state and he didn't seem like a weak governor to me. I mean, in some ways you make the argument that you do with the office what you do with the office and that whether it's structurally a weak office or a strong office, you ask yourself, what's the record? I think it would be helpful to have a real scrub of Mayor Castro, Mayor Castro's record. Because I think you would then be able to say, well, he did this or he didn't do that. Look, you have a 69-year-old woman running against a 70-year-old man. If I'm looking for some kind of mitigating on the number two spot, how about somebody who's going to be alive in 15 years? <laughs> that's right. What does so if if Julian is there's that yeah Edgar, that's a good yeah Edgar Clinton Walters or Trump for that matter you want to be Trump's running mate Trump needs Trump's running mate should be a leash if Julian is is selected or isn't what does that mean for uh, for his brother what does that mean for Joaquin who who you know arguably is maybe the more uh, deft politician of the two I mean clearly you know experienced in sort of the rough and tumble congressional he likes world. to throw punches well he's been a, he's been a state and federal legislator he's been in the you know in the compromising and deal making business, mm-hmm. you know, it's not an executive job. Um, but also, he's t- but he doesn't. Don't you think you he, put him in front of a microphone? You put Julian Castro in front of a microphone. Who is more likely to kick somebody in the nether regions? 
Joaquin. Joaquin was actually, you know, he was the uh, chairman of the Democratic Convention. And, yeah. and, there was and he a, raised a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Right, and he raised a whole bunch of money. But when he was in front of the crowd, you know, there were a couple of times when the 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 Bernies versus the Hillarys got a little bit loud, and he just kind of settled into it. It was like, you know, ah, okay, this guy didn't get nervous. This guy's at home. So, yeah, the, to your point. Um, I mean, what does it mean for you professionally, politically, if your brother is the VP? I don't think it hurts you. I, you know, I, I think the Castro name. We should, is, ask, we should call Marvin Bush. These guys, right. these guys have been dealing with this since they were in second grade. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, you know, my brother's ahead right now. I'm ahead. Then he's ahead. Then I'm ahead. For a minute there, it was like he's the mayor, so you can't run for the house. And then it was like, you know, you're going to run for Congress, so he's not going to be. You know, I'm, they've been doing this. They've been negotiating this for years. They, I think they're going to be fine. One of be like parent trap in the White House. Mm-hmm. Right. Be some, some shenanigans. <laughs> right. Now I'm thinking of the. Was it was Patty Duke the first parent trap? No, it was um, Haley Mills. Haley Mills. Haley Mills. You're probably thinking of the Lindsay Lohan version. Yes, of course. he probably like is. Twins, twins for two hundred. Yeah, I'm right. Team Haley, and you're Team Lindsay, <laughs> right. and that is all you need to know about this office. Uh, Denise Flores, who, who does, by the way, know who Freddie Patek is, she says, "quote Isn't he the shortstop short guy?" Uh, she asks. There you go. She has an actual legitimate. So she question. gets a question in just because she knew that. Right. I am Team Denise. <laughs> Aside from his confidence-inspiring eyebrows and his familiarity among Beltway figures, how would Kane help the ticket? He's unknown to non-nerds. I think he's just calling. She's calling all of you is, nerds. Well, well, is how about he more Tim, Clinton Timberlake? What is she asking? She knows for? who Freddie Patek is, and she's <laughs> calling us nerds. <laughs> right. Nice. What is she? Is what he does she more? Want? I I'll confess I don't actually know a lot about Tim Kaine, but is is he more centrist? I know he's he he is, is, he's personally mm-hmm. pro-life. For he's right. Although he's not professionally and politically pro-life, he's a Catholic. He's personally pro-life. He's actually more conservative wait, on a budget. Wait, of if them. you're personally pro-life, but politically you're he's not, not looking to mess with the laws of this land that govern reproductive rights. But then personally, to me, that's pro-choice. No, but he's per, well, but he has per, per, is, no. I don't think that's actually true. I well, can't you personally say how would he vote on a bill that way? How would he vote on a bill? Was your old boss that right. he, he would not vote to overturn laws? So now I own so, John Sharp again. We're back to that. You do own John Sharp again. <laughs> uh, he introduced probably the most pro-life bill ever introduced in the Texas legislature. You John think John Sharp, if John Sharp ran for office as a Democrat these days, given his own personal convictions, I, John Sharp would be on I don't think he'd run life. today as a Democrat. Is, so is he like a Judy Zaffarini? My, that's maybe a better example. I, I, I absolve you of your having worked for John Sharp. <laughs> Since we all work for Zaffarini, I'll say that boss. Yeah, right. Think about that. Your boss. Yeah, right. Fine. Right. Uh, no, Zaffarini would be an example. All right. Right. Uh, well, on the other side of the presidential matchup, there's, Even I don't know what there's we're talking about. <laughs> Donald Trump, who uh, released some cash on hand numbers this week that looked by by Texas uh, lawmaker standards piddling. He looks like a state senator <laughs> or worse. Or worse. You're right. He, right. he looks he has, like a losing he has state less senator. less money candidate. in the bank than Susan Combs. He has less money in the bank than Todd Hunter. He has a lot right. less money right. in the bank than several Democrats in Texas, including right. John Whitmire, uh, Roy West. West. Yeah. It, would, it would be a it's a it's a number not to be taken seriously. How right. That? So what's the number and why does or doesn't it matter? It matters a lot. It's 1.1, 1.2 million. 1.3 million, I think. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's chump change in a presidential race. It's enough to keep you on TV in Texas for about 10 days. It's nothing in a presidential race. I, you know, you can't even keep your limousine running. But he certainly managed this. to stay on TV, just maybe not in the form of attack ads. He's still really great at— I he's mean, still, so does he need it, though? You know, like, he's, he's still yes. really great at free media, and he's still really great at all of that kind of stuff. But he's going to have to make his case— against Hillary Clinton, and he doesn't have the armory with which what to do it. She or has at least something like 40 million yeah, and yeah, 40 to 45 staffers. million. He will not have 1.3 million for this campaign. He will raise money. She right. will raise money. Now, he will these not raise, he in all likelihood will not raise as much as she will. 
Um, the right. problem is almost, I think, less the money than the fact that also on the ground he has almost no staff in a lot of these big states. And she spent some un enormous amount of money, millions, on battleground state ads this week. Right. And he spent zero. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, she, you know, she's the, trying to strangle him in the cradle. The real problem for it is that it's like, you know, you're looking at the guys, you walk into visual. the guy's um, hospital room and you look at the chart and it's got this number on it. You go, holy cow, he's, you know, this this looks bad. He's got a low I need small an old staff. priest and a young priest. He's got a, right. Right, he's got a small staff. This is a really low number. Uh, you've got some fixing to do. This isn't the shape you want to be in as you go into your convention and you're needing to show strength. So these numbers are a little bit old. Uh, you know, he has been in Texas uh, in the last week hosting some, I mean, should, some fundraisers. Should we expect to see these numbers grow dramatically, or is he? Uh, NBC reported that he raised $6 million at the event in Dallas, right, or at the event, series right. of events. It's not nothing. No, which is not nothing. No, right. I think those numbers will grow, mm -hmm. sure. I mean, it's embarrassing for him to come out of the gate with that. But yeah, it's, it's just a bad indicator. It's not, you know, it's not a fatal thing unless it holds but you know it's it's just like you know you see this number and you go that one of the terrible. problems with what chris hayes has now taken with some relish to calling the trumpster fire <laughs> his campaign uh is that it does not inspire the confidence it would need to in donors that the operation is run professionally which would then in turn cause them to open up their wallets this stuff does have a consequence the Corey lewandowski thing um, the you know yeah yesterday he was trumpeting his endorsement by Jerry Falwell Jr. and so he and Jerry Falwell Jr. the son of the so great Such a bizarre uh, and legendary uh, uh, clergyman religious right uh, leader and he, and so Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife are posing with Trump in his office and they tweet out this picture of Trump and right behind the three of them this is to support show a solid support from evangelicals is a picture of trump on the cover of playboy with a porn star oh, visible just over the shoulder <laughs> of mrs falwell i mean you know this is the campaign where you cannot make this shit up it would not be believable as fiction I've, you cannot you know, make this stuff up i've particularly enjoyed his line of attack on hillary clinton post orlando that he would do better he would be a better president for gays oh. while also simultaneously the, 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 the gays, gays excuse me sorry the gays, right well, also courting the evangelical vote. I have to say that was a first for me. <laughs> today yeah, he said in really, his speech, apparently the big speech he's, he's making today attacking Hillary uh, Clinton, he said uh, uh, one of the reasons that he would be better for the gay community is because she supports the regimes of governments that are worse uh, for, the, for the gay community than our government is. So that basically she's, you know, she has been a, a, a coddling of or playing footsie with leaders overseas of regimes that are tr mistreating uh, uh, the gay community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the gay community would be an interesting community to ask this question to, right? right. Who, who's better? So I don't think he gets to say, right? Now, another question on this streaming in from Facebook, minor Eddie Rodriguez. It's June. Is anyone really paying attention to uh, political ads? Isn't this all inside baseball until September or October? Yes, but you have to build up the activist and financial support now to prosecute your case in September. Or October. You're asking this podcast if something right. is too much inside right. baseball? Yeah, why are you listening we to this podcast? We are the Bill James of political podcasts. Right. What go are back, you talking about? Go back to Schlitterbahn. Right. Goodness. All right. Well, let's talk uh, about a couple of Texas healthcare stories that have been blowing I'm up our. Look at my phone. Please feel free. I only want to talk to Edgar anyway. Uh, a couple Use of your outside uh, voice. 
A couple of stories that have made Evan happy because they've been blowing up the traffic on our site in the last week. Um, first, Evan, er, not Evan, sorry. We're not gonna, <laughs> oh, don't worry, Evan. I'm not going <laughs> to ask you Patrick. anything. <laughs> yeah. Zika, that's that clear alcoholic drink, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Edgar, talk us through uh, the latest uh, involving these cuts to services for kids with disabilities that have been making so many parents furious. Uh, well, the latest is that Texas is finally going to make the cuts. He's uh, using his outside voice. I've been having. I asked him to. It's great. I've been using it the whole time. I'm a real person. <laughs> um, no, uh, we're going to use that quote again. They, yeah. They, Debatable. They uh, Texas is finally going to make the cuts. I've been writing about them for gosh, almost a year now. Uh, they were made in 2015, but the news is okay. July 15th, Health and Human Services Commission. They finally beat a group of. Uh, Healthcare providers and parents in a lawsuit were finally going to make the cuts. Uh, the word now is that state lawmakers and some others, they're, they're not finished fighting, so I think we can expect to see a letter to the Obama administration sometime this week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who signs on to it, I've been told. Uh, but we'll see a bunch of Democratic lawmakers on there, obviously. Um, but I would be curious to see if any Republicans would actually um, you know, risk the optics of asking the Obama administration for help fighting this fighting cuts that technically these lawmakers themselves made they, they all right. voted for they these voted cuts, for right? Them. right i mean i guess some people voted against the budget but yeah right. for the most not part many. everybody right. Right. not for that reason right, right. Uh, and then sort of on the heels of this there was a kaiser health news story this week um basically along these same lines but that texas medicaid is no longer covering an autism therapy for medicaid patients which has had the sort of same sort of uproar right i mean are these two things related or totally separate it's interesting to see um so, yeah, again, so the, uh, the the news is that Medicaid is not paying for an expensive um, therapy for autism, a, a behavioral uh, therapy. Um, but, yeah, it's been interesting to see the fallout. Uh, actually, a, a number of House Republicans, again, on Twitter saying this is unacceptable. We, uh, we, would, we need Texas Medicaid to cover these services. We think they're important. We'll vis revisit it in 2017. I think there's actually a really interesting split here between House and Senate. So... Uh, on the Medicaid cuts for therapy services, anybody will tell you that was a push that came from inside the Senate. That was a where they're trying to find all these costs. Name names. Um, well, Jay I'm, Nelson. Um, so if you look at the subcommittee people, you know, it's people like Charles Schwartner, Willis Kolkhorst. Again, this all took place in a right. in the conference, so hard to know exactly, but. Um, right, it's kind of a black box. Right. 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 But, but there, definitely you know, there are a limited number of suspects. Who's, it was either Colonel right. Mustard or well, Mrs. Plum, who's been right? Defending, right? Who's been defending the cuts in the Senate? Charles Schwartner. Um, I mean, Dan Patrick has also come mm -hmm. out and, you know, I think stood by the Senate's decision mm -hmm. to make these cuts. But everybody sort of waffled a little bit. Dan Patrick, if you remember, nine months ago came out and said, if we need to cut less money, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, well, everybody's sort of waffled a little because the parents got so The parents angry. got so mad. So what right. you had is a group of therapy providers who have this entire business model set up on seeing Medicaid kids. In, They're, their, in their homes. In their right. homes. Right. Um, it's a fairly lucrative are, practice, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So um, it is a fairly lucrative practice. I mean, I've interviewed providers here who have private equity backers. Um, some of those were the ones who were suing the state. But what they say is to cut 20 to 25% of their revenue all at once is unsustainable. They'll have to go out of business, and then kids are going to not get care, not get care and right. that could potentially have really serious 
maybe even f fatal consequences. Isn't, isn't it true that autism and the services that would be needed by these families, this is not a partisan issue. In some ways, the thing that I go right to is the standardized testing. So standardized testing several sessions ago was this rare bipartisan issue. Mm -hmm. It didn't make a difference if you were a red family or a blue family. You were pissed off about tests. Right. And the assembled the masses right? brandishing pitchforks and torches and marching the walls, uh, marching toward the walls of the castle, right, right. got something to happen. Well, kids, yeah. kids I wonder are, if this is an yeah. issue that's bipartisan and oh, is a certain thing where both sides are kind of like, bam. I really, yeah, I mean, I think right. that's true. I think it's really more House v. Senate than it is Democrat v. Republican. Mm -hmm. We see, you know, I've, you know, Matt Krause, um, was a you know has come out uh, pretty strongly against uh, these Medicaid cuts didn't and leech, what he told Ron, Leach Ron, Ron Simmons is really big Ron Simmons Jeff Leach again it's uh, these yeah. are two sort of different oh, things Larry so Gonzalez Leach, was right, another right, right. two separate issues but, but yeah right right similar um, divisions though I think you see it's. Well, kids are a rare bipartisan issue. I mean, and any time you see fights over, you know, charter schools or school funding, it's a, it, you know, it does not necessarily it's fall a deal on party with lines. Victims who are actual innocents, and, right? And you know, politicians don't like that. I mean, you know, the, of course, if you're trying to get my hopes up about some kind of bipartisan stuff, and then you mention school finance, you're totally harshing my mellow here. Sorry, Ramshaw. Yeah, okay. well. Uh, so, is there any? I mean, we should just expect to see this come up in the legislative session as they're talking about. Yeah, we should expect to see it come up in the legislative session. Again, we have almost a month before these cuts are actually made, so I think you can expect to see any number of things. Could there we'll be see. more litigation? It seems like legally this yeah. got, seemed to have gotten Well, it resolved. got shut down in state court. Mm -hmm. I could envision a federal lawsuit. I mean, I don't know. I have to read the tea leaves here. But we're definitely going to see the Obama administration is going to be asked to intervene. Um, there could be another lawsuit. I'm just saying three-plus weeks is an eternity of right. strategic time in a – you know, these cuts were supposed to be made like nine months ago. Especially so. with well, the other thing here is if you can parents. process in a process sense, if you can keep this thing in the air until January or February, you can throw it into a supplemental right. bill. The legislature could vote again and bang you're out. They've already right. They already have. I mean, these delay tactics have worked. Right. They've already cut right. the amount. The state can't even cut what it wanted to. And the amount that it still could cut has to take place now in 2018. Mm -hmm. So conceivably, it seems like if you go to session in 2017, any number of things could right, happen. They could right, they could resolve there's, there's no way that anybody can do anything in the interim on this. Well, well, you can do a budget. They're writing you letters. You could do a budget execution on it, but you know, you've got a budget that says don't spend the money on this. What did I see Governor Canales railing about on Twitter the other day? Was he trying to get something done in the interim? Terry Canales, this, am I, have this I hallucinated issue? this? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but, I'm, you know. I, 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 I want, I mean, it yeah. made me think at the time that I saw whatever he was tweeting about, is there? Is it possible that there could be enough outrage over this that there would be a circling of... I mean, yeah, I you, can, we'll, you can keep the in ball the, in, in the interim. And what, what Edgar said is, to is totally accurate. You know, this isn't just sort of an organic uprising of right. parents. I mean, this has been a very strategic campaign by the companies that provide these kinds of services. Yeah, yeah this is vendor-driven to a great right, extent. Right, right. I mean, Ooh, vendor-driven, my favorite kind well, of government. All, I mean, a la Surprised? Uber. Yeah. I mean, just to be clear, <laughs> a la Uber, it's these companies saying, you know, we'll be forced out of business if you don't do this. Yeah, had that work out for Uber. Well, I, well you know. Uber forced themselves out of business. They decided, based on the Austin ordinance, to leave. They weren't told to leave. They just decided not to play under those rules. Yeah. Well, yeah. so that's the that's the thing is sure. the question that remains to be seen is okay. It's undoubtedly a large cut, twenty to twenty five percent of revenue all at once. Uh, but we still have to see, does that put people out of business? I mean, they certainly say that it would. Mm -hmm. But then, on the other hand, you have health insurance companies saying, look, we've been paying for these services well below Medicaid rates for a long time. We actually are skeptical that you are going to close. So mm -hmm. there's... Right. right. It's, I, it's not totally right, black and white here. So...
All right, finally, um, Cornyn was front and center this week pushing for a gun law that would have blocked the sale of weapons to people on the FBI's terrorist watch list. Um, it even had the support of his sometimes pal Ted Cruz, uh, but it and much other gun legislation didn't did not pass at all this week. What's uh, at play here? The Senate Republicans said the Democrats were trying to go too far, and the Senate Democrats said the Republicans weren't going far enough. And they froze again. These guys are less effective than the American soccer team right now. They can't get anything oh, done. Sad. Um, I mean, you know, it's like don't bring up something that's actually controversial like soccer. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. I'm still fresh off of Argentina. There are more guns in this country painful. than people. There are more mass shootings annually than days in the year. The optics of not doing anything are not good. And at some point, the dam is going to burst on this. And I don't know that that's right. I don't. Uh, you know, I How mean, it, can it not have burst yet? Right. I mean, what just, she said. But, but you know, the, the Susan Collins bill, which was brought up yesterday and has the bipartisan support of Kelly Ayotte, Lindsey Graham, Jeff Flake, Republicans, and has a bunch of Democrats, uh, uh, Martin Heinrich from New Mexico I saw up there, Angus King, the independent from Maine, Tim Kaine, aforementioned from but Virginia. But not 60. Well, mm -hmm. but... The question is, do you own the changers as a change own you? I, I mentioned last week on the podcast that I had a member of the legislature reach out and say, I would be willing to entertain some kind of legislation. I'm a, a Second Amendment a guy as they come, and I'd be willing to entertain some kind of legislation that would prevent people on the no-fly list from having access to guns. That just seems like a no-brainer. I mean, even Donald Trump went to the NRA with that same, you know, the, the question. The question is, are you going to try to orchestrate some kind of a compromise now that you can live with, or are you going to hold open the possibility that the circumstances politically are going to get worse for you and you're going to have to eat it later? Right. I don't, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, is, I'm skeptical the dam will break. How old is Sandy Hook now? Two and a half years? I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, I should get Chris Murphy to come to the tribute. Right. What if there's sort of so much anti-Trump sentiment that, you know, other Democrats are swept into office as, as sort of collateral damage? I mean, if they held well, off. A, a right. Senate that has Maggie Hassan from New Hampshire and, and uh, Tammy Duckworth from... Uh, Illinois, and has John McCain's opponent in Arizona, which could conceivably happen, uh, and has a couple, you know, Rob Portman loses to what's-his-butt, the It's not exactly governor. breaking the dam. That's actually building a new dam. Well, but, right. if you, but the point is, if, but Emily's exactly correct, right. that if all of a sudden you have a Democratic-controlled Senate, right. this, the problem for the Democrats is going to be that the House is going to be the graveyard for this kind of legislation, right. unless there is a tsunami in the fall, and all of a sudden the Democrats sweep in mm -hmm. and, you know... But if I'm a Philemon Vela is the yeah. speaker. Is this, is this an Republican, issue in your might, race? If you're, yeah, right. I might want to get this something, anything resolved. I mean, I do think it's interesting that Cornyn has, has suddenly we're seeing him at the forefront of a lot of legislation, right. you know, around criminal justice issues. Um, you know, he's he's started to look like somebody who's, you know, becoming sort of a real player and trying to sort of bring multiple sides together in the Senate. Well, he's the number two in the Senate. You know, he's in, you know, he's one he's McConnell. The majority, he's, he's the majority leader in waiting. He's, yeah, he's one McConnell away from running the Senate. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's got a bunch of members. He and McConnell, have, you know, I mean, the Republican leadership has the same problem. They're going to send a number of senators into the November elections under challenge running behind Donald Trump and trying to hold on to the Senate. So, they, you know, stuff like this could be you know, make or break issues in elections. You know, think, the thing if you about go to Cornyn, one of these swing states and you're arguing about guns, you could be in trouble. The thing about Cornyn that makes him interesting is that, and he would hate this comparison, he's like Obama. He doesn't get too high oh, yeah, and he'd get love too that. low. He's kind of on an even keel. I think it, this is what drives some people on both sides crazy about Cornyn, is that Cornyn is, he's sort of unflappable. And I think that makes Cornyn an interesting and somewhat, if you don't like Cornyn, a somewhat dangerous politician because Cornyn has the ability in a very calm fashion to, to transact business. Well, I also wonder now that Ted Cruz, I mean, Ted Cruz 
coming off a big loss, is now the time to play up your image as the successful statesman-like compromiser of you know of the Texas that, that delegation. That would be a new image. That wouldn't right. be playing yeah. up your image. Yeah, you know. right. Well, right. Finding, yeah. I mean, that's creating, creating, creating that image. Right. Rebrand. Yeah. I'm not I mean, sure. I don't know. That plan. hasn't been his bread and butter traditionally. Right. But I, I mean, guess that we'll really see. would be a rebranding. Yep. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you can email them to tribcast at texastribune.org. Uh, you can also review the Tribcast on iTunes. Check it out, please. Uh, thanks to Shiny Ribs for our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Edgar, and our producers, Todd and Rodney, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Just making sure y'all are prepared. Why don't you build a time machine and go back six years?